Welcome to Ear to the Streets podcast with myself, T-Dot, episode two of season three. We finally got there. We finally got there. I did say it was coming, so it's been a bit delayed, but um, got a special guest with me, as always. Um, do you want to introduce yourself to the listeners? Let them know who you are. Yeah, my name's Martin Yates. I'm a singer-songwriter, artist, <laughs> whatever you're going to call it. <laughs> well, you're, you're definitely an artist. I think um, I think last time we spoke, um, you know, I was trying to say your, your your sound's very different. It's hard to sort of pinpoint it down to to one genre or one particular sound. And, um, you know, I still stand by that. You know, I think the sort of range that you've got varies so wide. It's, it's, a, it's a good thing to have. So definitely an artist, man. Um, definitely. Yeah, man. <laughs> one thing I wanted to touch on, because I, I feel like we may have touched on this in um, the first episode that we recorded together, but it was to do with um, the acoustic version of your song that you have on, that you did. Is it Let, Let You Go? Yeah, the recent one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, because I, I don't think we, I don't know if that was, I think that just came out before we, um, we did our first episode. I'm not. I'm not 100 sure, but I think it was released maybe around April or so, March or Feb, and we recorded in April. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, let your love came out in October. Then we did the acoustic version of that one, um, and then I think we spoke around when yesterday came out, which was around February really? March time. I was trying to work there. this yeah, out yeah. before. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. It's been a long time. <laughs> yeah. So yesterday was out. I thought yesterday was. Yeah, yesterday came out, I think it was like March the 6th, uh, no, February 6th or something, somewhere there, almost a year ago, which is mad. <laughs> okay, wow, okay. That's crazy, because I, I was trying to work this out this morning, I was trying to think, when did we record? And I went back and checked, and it was, I'm sure it was April, can't remember yeah. the date in April, but yeah, um, yeah. God, that seems like ages ago. It um, does feel like it, a lot's happening that year. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, tell me about it. But um, talk to me about the acoustic version, because I don't think we mentioned, I don't know if we mentioned the acoustic version that you did for that. Um, did, was there a visual for that as well? Did you do a visual for that one? Yeah, Let Your Love. We did it in um, 1901 Arts Club, which is in central London. Okay. Um, gorgeous room. Acoustics were amazing. It was just me, guitar and piano. Um, we recorded it pretty much there and then. You know, you make yeah, your tweaks yeah. and everything afterwards. But um, yeah, everything was natural, everything organic. I didn't want to compress anything too much. I wanted it to be as authentic as it possibly could be. So yeah, man, the result was incredible. Really, yeah, really cool. Yeah, definitely. And um, what have you actually been up to? This is one of my, my big questions. Obviously, I know you've you've um, you've been busy. I, I obviously got you on Instagram and um, I think you're on my Facebook as well. But I know you're busy always in the studio. So what, what have you been up to in, in the last sort of, 10 months I suppose it's been since we last spoke yeah so I mean the EP was meant to come out much earlier than it is now um, but obviously with COVID and stuff like that I wanted to have kind of an impact on people you know and I wanted it to be more of an aftermath of the whole COVID thing I didn't want to release it during because I wanted people to feel it a little bit more you know mm. and when people have got their freedom completely back I feel like it will grasp them a little bit um, so since May last year we've been kind of putting the final tweaks on things um, I wrote a new song around May, June time, and then we got back into the studio and I, that was like the last song to go on the record. Um, and then June, we started an acoustic tour, a strip back tour. We did like six dates across the UK. We did Birmingham, Manchester, London, Dover, and Liverpool, which was really Oh, cool. wow. You went to Liverpool? Yeah. Song, I didn't know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 
really intimate show, but it was it was cool to kind of get back out there. That was the first time, like a, almost a year that we mm. performed. So just really nice to get back. And then we did, we ended it with like a massive headline in Birmingham. So it was really, really cool. And then since then, it's been on and off writing. Yeah. Um, getting ready for the next project <laughs> after this one comes out. <laughs> so that's already written and it's being produced at the minute. We're getting the arrangement sorted and quartets and strings and orchestra stuff together, which will be really mm. cool. Um, I've done a track with James Reedy, who's been a guest on here. Wow, okay. I think before. Yeah, yeah. Um, completely different sound to what I'm used to. So it was like, he played some moody chords on his guitar and I was like, yeah, that's what I'm looking for. Very indie sound. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, man, I'm excited for that one to come out, especially. That'll be probably summer this year. Yeah, that's that's cool. Shout out, James. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I wanted to talk, obviously, because I, I think when we last spoke, if I'm... A, if I remember correctly, I'm pretty sure lockdown had just started or the big lockdown had just started around. And, yeah. and obviously you just mentioned you did manage to get some dates in, which is a privilege yeah. in this day and age for some artists. They don't, they don't even get to do that now. It's all, you know, live streams or cancellations or rearranging. But what, what was that like in terms of adjusting back to performing live in front of an audience or a crowd and having to was there an adjustment that you had to do for for not doing it for a you know a period of time and then having to, to come back into it? Mm, do you know what? I didn't believe that it was going to happen until we was on the road traveling to the venue. Yeah. Even even then like, it's a even then it's a bit Yeah, no, <laughs> it completely. Might not we, we was all a bit Yeah, we was all a bit doubtful and I was constantly in contact with the venue, the promoter of the shows, etc. I was like, is it definitely going ahead? Because I can't do it again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, being an emotional wreck. But um yeah, when we got into the venue with sound checked, I was like, okay. The people started coming in. I was like, yeah, this is the, this is good feeling, you know. Yeah. But it was just it was that contact you have with an audience. That's what I missed the most. Yeah, I didn't yeah. think I would. Um, I'm not mad on touring. I, I find it a bit isolating as well. But we should all be used to isolating by now, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, it was it was just fun. It was just fun. I just said to my band, I know. You know, it's a professional atmosphere, et cetera. But I said, just have fun with it. Yeah, just have yeah. a great time. This might be the last time until a year or two years down the line. So just take it as Enjoy. it comes and just in, and soak it up, you know. And then we did the full band show in Birmingham, which was the end of the tour. And that was just, we just played about on stage. We were, we were taking song requests and all sorts. <laughs> we didn't stick to anything. Um, anyway, it was just nice to, to see people enjoying themselves and not be socially distanced and being restricted mm. to what they can actually do and enjoy it the full capacity you know and we performed at the hare and hounds and that venue in itself is so iconic to me like i've seen so many great people there 100%. so it's just like yeah this this feels good and since then we've done a couple of odd shows um we performed at the ned in london which is like a really prestigious venue which scared the life out of me when i got in there because it's like it's in the round it's like it's big it's, it's big. like wembley arena <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's big. um it's huge um and obviously being in the center of that you just got all these eyes staring at you so i was like okay we can do it we can do it just get through it um but yeah that was amazing that was the last time we was on stage that was like end of november it was 22nd oh, or something wasn't it 22nd of November. yeah 22nd yeah, yeah. so um yeah, we're just kind of gearing up and getting the set list ready for this year to implement the new songs and stuff. So, yeah, it's getting there. It's getting there. Yeah, that's that's cool. Um, talk to me about James Reedy, the collaboration, because that was actually a question that I had um, that I wanted to ask you anyway. But 
you said, and you can't almost, it's almost like you read my question before you knew what I was going to ask you. But um, I was going to ask you, because you're quite unique and and uh, as I mentioned at the start of this, that you, you're quite a, you know, an artist that can probably go and walk into different rooms and be able to still hold your own in there, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, yeah. What was it like to have to adapt working with someone like James Reader, who is slightly maybe different to your style of sound? Um, what was that adaptation like for you? How, how easy was it for you? Do you know what? It was super comfortable after about 10 minutes. He made me a herbal tea. He got his <laughs> stage ad to get all the energy going in the room and stuff. It was just so quiet. He's so cool. He's yeah, such a yeah, cool yeah. guy. I had the privilege of living with him for a little bit in London while I was doing some projects down there in the summer. Oh, cool, cool. And it was, it was just fun. It's just such a positive, uplifting spirit to be around. And I needed yep. that at the time. And then he started playing the chords and I was just like, this is flowing so well. Like, And we finished it not too long ago, probably about three or four months ago, um, ready to be produced and stuff. But it's a song called If You Could See Me Now. Okay. It's a very... Whereas my songs are usually really bitter <laughs> towards the situation. <laughs> this is more stepping back and being like, I've moved on now. How do you feel looking at me? Yeah, exactly. How do you feel about me moving on with my life and not really think giving you the time of day anymore? You know, yeah, it's that yeah. kind of song. Talks about breaking chains and <laughs> it's really, it's such a cool lyric. It's nothing yeah, yeah. like I've ever done before. So I'm really, really, really proud of that one. Is that something you think going forward? Because um, I don't, I don't really necessarily think I've had a comment how you just described it, but I don't think it's always dark with you, or it's always, mm. you know, is that something you would want to do a bit more of, and in, in terms of collaborating, maybe like I don't want to say outside your comfort zone, but with mm. other artists, maybe that not necessarily people would link you with, or you know, someone totally separate. I do, I don't want to use someone as an example because. But you know what I mean? Like, let's say a rapper, for instance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, do you no, know what I mean? Like yeah, someone yeah. like that or someone different that isn't necessarily from your comfort zone, but would you would you be up for that? Yeah, absolutely. There's a long, long list of people that I want to work with, especially independently. One of the main ones for me is Rihanna Keane. I mean, she's got mm. the most beautiful jazz voice that I've heard in, since probably about 2007 when I first heard of Amy Winehouse's stuff. Yeah. Um, and she's really in that kind of ilk. And I, I just appreciate what she does. I mean, I've seen her post a couple of covers of Adele's new records and stuff. And it just, it's not her lyrics, but it just hits you anyway. Yeah, so yeah. she's definitely somebody that I want to collaborate with in the future. Um, I'm actually doing a project with a rapper from the US <laughs> coming up. Um, it's going to be like a joint EP collaboration. A couple of solo okay. stuff on there, but the majority of it being almost like a duet situation, like right, he has right. his verses, I do the hook, etc. Have you, you've um, worked with him coming. before though, I believe. Is this the guy that, uh, have you worked with him before? Gary Houston, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah I've yeah, worked with yeah. him a couple of times, yeah. He's I on my playlist, to... I'm sure you're on there. He's a song yeah. that I've got, a recent <laughs> one as well. It was only, uh, well, say this year, last year, 2021. I'm sure he dropped yeah, something we've, we've on it. we've done two together. We've yeah, done yeah. a song called Jam, which is really dark, and I loved it. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then we did a track a couple of years ago called Selfish, which is yeah, like yeah. high up in your range, Michael Jackson, Dirty Diana star. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? it's, it's up there. <laughs> I think I've, I've definitely heard Jam. I think is that the recent one? I've definitely heard that. That's the recent one, yeah. Because yeah, I've yeah. got I've got the the album, and yeah, strangely, I've never actually linked the two because I know it's got it says Martin yeah. Yates, but I didn't just didn't link the two. I didn't think. <laughs> didn't yeah, think yeah, so. That's it. Yeah, that's, me that's, and him. that's we crazy. So that. you've got a project coming out. Sorry, did you say? 
yeah, we're going to start working on it in the next couple of weeks, um, yeah. getting all the lyric ideas, et cetera, down. Um, but Jam, we recorded when I went to New York in 2019, I think it was. Mm. Um, we was in the studio really late at night, and there's like these team of people around him just like producing the beat kind of on demand, <laughs> what wow. he feels at yeah. that moment. Then we went into a separate room, wrote the hook, he did his verses, and we was there till about six in the morning and got it laid down there and then. And I'm super proud of that one because he talks yeah. about somebody else who struggled. There's a lot of mental health subject in there and stuff like that, which I wanted to touch on in my own stuff as well. Um, but yeah, we go into the studio remotely. He'll be doing his stuff. I'll be doing it here <laughs> um, <laughs> in the next couple of weeks. Uh, to start the joys of COVID. Ideas. <laughs> I know. I can't wait to get back over there, to be honest. If I could yeah. be there, I would. 100%. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, you touched on a good point because, um, strangely, I recorded an episode around mental health and mental health in music um, only the, the other day. So it was um, it's strange that you bring that up. But I wanted to talk about it because you mentioned the Ned as well, um, feeling that sort of anxiety playing in front of yeah. that kind of audience. Yeah. What? How, how do you kind of cope, I suppose, with um, dealing with those kind of, if you have them, but those kind of, issues and, and having to because I'm, I'm the same you know if I get on a stage or even if I've got a talk in front of someone I've got to present mm. something or you know I cut, sometimes come across very confident but inside I'm quaking in my boots but how, how do you deal with that in terms of yeah so particular shows in terms of like when I've done it when it's been like full band I mean I don't just have to think of myself I have to think about the band's mental health as well how are they feeling so we do prep talks and stuff like that beforehand or warm up with a couple of songs with guitar or Kahan or whatever it is um, and just have a little bit of fun. So it takes that kind of pressure off. Obviously when you hit the stage for me, getting up to the stage <laughs> is, <laughs> is the worst feeling in the world. I'm like, this is going to go absolutely fair shape. Um, but I make sure that I'm, I've, I've done my, my warm up and my tea and honey and, you know, mm. lozenges and all that kind of stuff. Um, I used to take a shot of whiskey before I go on. I don't do it anymore. Um, I just, <laughs> I just want to be completely aware of what I'm doing. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Uh, um, yeah, yeah. And there was a couple of gigs where I was losing a couple of lines and stuff. I was like, no, just for precaution. I'm not, <laughs> do, I'm not drinking before I show anymore. <laughs> um, but I make sure that everybody else is comfortable around me. As soon as they're comfortable, I can calm down because yeah. they know what they're doing in return. I don't have to deal with anybody messing up or anything like that. So it throws me off. I don't have to deal yeah, with that. Yeah, yeah. So that takes the pressure off a lot. Um, one or two songs into my set, I'm usually, I usually calm down. That's when I start chatting the utmost to my audience <laughs> about all sorts of stuff. I go into all sorts of stuff. Um, and then that having that contact with the audience calms me down mm. as well. So the rest of the hour set or whatever it is, it's just fun. It's just so much fun. And when you see people having fun, you're going to have fun, you know? 100%. And 100%. it's our job to to make sure they have a great night. And yeah. I, I make sure that just before I go on, I make sure that I kind of drill it into my head. It's not about me. It's about them having a good time. So if they're having a good time, we're having a great time. <laughs> yeah, I suppose it's a bit of both because, you, you know, you want to get the enjoyment out of it yourself. Yeah. You know, you want to get some self-satisfaction from not just your performance, but making it worthwhile you know you've spent hours in the studio days months in the studio and yeah you want the crowd and you know the the audience to be able to to connect with that but i think at the same time it's also about you 
being able to come off that stage, knowing that you put in a good performance, knowing that you've satisfied not just the audience, but yourself as well, you know, knowing that what you've wrote down, you know, on a piece of paper or, you know, you've gone into a vocal booth and you've had to perform that, that is yeah. actually connected with someone. I think that's probably one of the best feelings coming off a stage and, and, and feeling that feeling. 100%. I mean, when we started performing yesterday, which was the last single, I felt some, we first performed it in London at the Bedford sold out show that was a lot of faces looking at me right <laughs> and it was just me and the guitarist jake um who's like my right hand man um and he just said to me just before he said just he said just calm down they'll love mm. it and it was the first performance of that record and there was people in tears and all sorts and people necking wine to it <laughs> it was great i loved it i thought that's exactly how i want people to react <laughs> and a couple of people started harmonizing at the end it was mad it was and that seems to we do that sort of like mid set mm. and that seems to like kind of pinpoint like a turn in me. That's when I kind of feel really, really confident on stage and I feel like yeah. I can give the best show and feel satisfied when I come off my early shows. I never felt satisfied. I thought, no, I was rubbish. You know, I can't do this again, but now I feel like I've come into my own as an artist and I know how to entertain, which is the best feeling in the world. Yeah, 100%, 100%. I'm trying to think last time we spoke, I think you was either planning on doing the Hare and Hounds or you were in the process of getting the Hare and Hounds as one of the venues. So what was that feeling like? Because it's a very, I think we've said it before on here, you know, Sunflower Lounge, iconic, um, you know, Mm. O2, iconic, but Hare and Hounds is a very, very, you know, it's got so much history within those walls. But what, what was that like performing there? Yeah, so it was originally it was meant to be a really small show because um, it was going to be socially distanced at the beginning. Um, and then obviously restrictions started coming down, so we upgraded the venue. We was meant to do the Sunflower Lounge and I think Deadwax and Digbeth was on the card as well, but then we could do it. So I was like, they offered me the Hare and Hounds. I went, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's, that's the only venue around Birmingham that I haven't played yet. Yeah, yeah. That I've always wanted to do. Um, and there's obviously the little plaque outside saying UB40 first played here and stuff. It's, it's um, iconic. <laughs> it is. It's prestigious and it's not iconic. And it means that venue means a lot to so many people. Mm. Um, and just, just being there, you feel something. As soon as you, you walk into the, the venue on the stage, you feel something. It's like mm. when I went into a studio in Peckham in May last year, and it's where Florence and the Machine records most of her stuff. And I, I went right. in there and you feel a presence. You know, you feel something. And that's exactly what happened at the Hare and Hounds. And for me, that was our best show we've ever done. Yeah. And that's thanks to obviously the venue and feeling that confidence in yourself, as well as the audience and everybody that was involved with it, you know. Um, So I'd love to return to the Hare and Hounds at some point to do something. I think you will. I think you will. You know, once... Once we can get Boris out of Parliament and we can start getting back to back to usual. (laughs) I'm all for that. I love it. I tell you what, it's it's, it's a nightmare. But... um, Talk to me about the EP you mentioned earlier. Um, I'm trying to think of which EP because you've got that many coming out, but the one uh, <laughs> which was due to come out and is is yeah. in the process of coming out. I think you said March is, is the date. What can you tell us about the EP? What can we expect from it? So this is probably the longest project in the making I've ever known in my life. <laughs> this is this will actually, believe it or not, be my debut EP, which is mm. wild to me because I should have released at least four by now. Um, Obviously, you know, stops and starts, you write songs. There was an EP ready to go out about three years ago. I didn't like the songs. I'd lived with them way too much. 
So I was like, nah, we, we put them out as singles and I was cool. I kind of forgot about it. This one, it's taken so long because I wanted it to be relevant to the time mm. in my life as well as everybody else that can reflect on it. And so it compiled, I think there's seven songs, including two acoustic tracks. Okay. Um, obviously, the most recent single, Let You Go, will be on there. There'll be an acoustic version of that, which I prefer to the mm-hmm. <laughs> studio recorded one. Um, purely because of the intimate, you can actually hear the lyrics and what they're about. You can hear yeah. the story. And I wanted that with that song. But obviously, the studio version is, you know, it's kind of got like an Afrobeat kind of vibe about it. It's a bit of an island feel. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's that song. Then there's a song called Choose, which isn't out yet either. Um, that'll be an EP track, and that's very much about drunken nights and getting home way too late, not really remembering what you've said <laughs> we, and who you've said it to. We can relate <laughs> to know? that, we can all relate yeah. to that one. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and the chorus is quite hooky as well, which I'm excited for people to hear. And then we've got another song called Wish You Well, which is just finished up on the mixing side of things. And that's about moving on and, you know, kind of being at peace with the situation and mm. saying, it's all right. Everything that happened, I've taken it in my stride and I'm all right. You can go now because I'm going to live my life, you know? And I feel like we need that, <laughs> especially yeah, yeah. as our generation, you know, people need that relief knowing that there's a light at the end of the tunnel after something yeah. crap has happened, you know? So I wanted to, I wanted to reflect that. So yeah, seven songs. I'm buzzing for it to come out. I'm buzzing. Uh, have we got have we got a date in March or we're not able to say yet or <laughs> I wanna say. Um but it is smack bang in the middle of March. It's around the eighteenth. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah. somewhere there. Um we've got quite a lot coming up in preparation for that. So we've got a couple of photo shoots, got quite a few magazine interviews to pre-record, etc. And then we've got the music video side. And we've got like a dance video thing as well for one of the songs, which is gonna be incredible. It's going to be yeah. like salsa dancing and all sorts of mad. Um, but I'm going to kind of try and take a step back in terms of visuals this time. Mm. I don't necessarily want my face on camera throughout the whole thing. Oh, really? Um, what, why yeah, is that? I, wanna, I, I don't know. I just want to give... You don't see enough of different people in my videos. It's mm. usually just me like <laughs> walking up a street and reflecting on stuff or, you know, I don't know, just crying about something. Um, but this time I want to give other people a chance to to get themselves across on camera. So the dance video for one of the songs is, is taking prominence because I want, I want to create a vibe for that whole song. And that is exactly how I wanted to do it. That's the only concept yep. I could think of that would fit, you know? Um, so yeah, I kind of want to take a little bit of a step back and um, get other people to tell the stories of the songs, which I think will be really cool. But I think that's why I liked yesterday as well, because I think it's very, as much as, you know, the video, the visuals have put together really well. I think just the fact that it's you, it's black and white, just you, camera, <clears throat> singing into it, I think that is so powerful because I think, yeah. you know, there's no distractions. And I think sometimes when you've got visuals, um, sometimes they get you get distracted by what's in the visuals as opposed to listening to the song. But with that kind of visual, you can't do that because it's you, you're talking to the camera or you're singing to the camera and you've got no choice but to take in what you're saying. So I, I get your point. I think it's something that, you know, it's, there's a fine balance, isn't there, around making sure that we don't lose sight of the artist. Um, exactly. But also exactly. making the, sure that you're also giving the opportunity to others, like you just said, to get their their visual presence across as well. 
Yeah, 100%. I mean, I've got so many talented friends in terms of actors and extras and dancers and, you know, all different kinds of things. And I, I just want to really get them involved in stuff, you know. Yeah. Some of them, you know, it's not it's not an easy industry to break into, this whole show business thing, you know. It's, mm. um, it's very restricted in that way. So if I can give somebody else an opportunity, I'm all for it, you know. I don't need to be on camera. You know, I wrote, I wrote songs, I sing the songs. I'm cool with that. Yeah. Um, obviously, my face will, I'll do a cameo or something like that. Um, at the end. <laughs> yeah, at the end, I am. Uh, just waving. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> yeah, with yesterday, that song especially was like, I wanted to have a conversation with the viewer. Yeah. And that, that was so important to me. I spoke to the director, Chris, about it a couple of days before we filmed it. And he said, yeah, completely. I get it. You know, close up in the face, black and white tell the story and those shots we did around canary wharf um where you can see the beautiful view in the background sometimes that was like an added bonus mm. i was like i don't necessarily want to do it but it was going to look really cool that i'm cool with it you know um so yeah it was a conversation thing whereas the next set of videos they're going to be very much storytelling and that's why i'm excited for people to see i want i want them to know the story of the record yeah definitely and just I know we haven't really mentioned it, but Let You Go, obviously the latest single. Um, tell us the story behind that as well. Give us a bit of a backstory as to what that's, that song's trying to tell us. Yeah, Let You Go is um, it's kind of like the aftermath of everything. And it's it's midway through the EP. It's like real-time track list. The EP mm. is like from beginning to end, you see the story progression. And Let You Go is very much about letting the person go, but not really wanting to, being forced to. And I've never really written a song like that before because I was never in that place mentally to do that. And then these three producers from Hackney hit me up on Instagram and said, we'd love to work with you. Um, we jumped on a call. They played me this beat. And instantly, I swear to God, it was like something took over my body. I was like, yeah, I feel this. I hear this in a club. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we've, yeah. done a, we've done a really great remix to it as well. And it's it's just fresh. It felt renewed. You know, it's not usually my style, mm. but it's it's very much chart music, which I don't I don't necessarily take any interest in chart music. I just make the, the music I want to make and what I like. Um, but that song is very much like top top forty <laughs> pop. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it was fun to do it because I've never I've never written to a beat before before mm. that. Um, so it was, it was new territory, and I enjoyed it. And it's uh, it fits with the story well which I didn't know was missing, but it makes perfect sense now. Yeah, yeah, definitely, 100%. And obviously, we can't wait for the EP to come out. Uh, mm. Middle of March, can't give us a date, but middle of March. Um, <laughs> one thing I wanted to ask as well, because um, obviously, I know during, during your live shows, I think I've seen this on Instagram or it might be Facebook, but I know that you do, sometimes you, I think I've seen you do like a, an um, Amy Winehouse or a Queen, mm. sort of a, a tribute to them. But where did that come from? How did that start? Where, where did that, sort of idea come from so i always try and do like two covers during my set <laughs> sometimes because i don't have that many songs <laughs> um, but now we're, we're building it up we, we try and take some of the covers we can, out we can drop it to one to. one tribute yeah, yeah. <laughs> doing medley of something um, yeah amy winehouse she's she's influenced me since like 2004 five somewhere there since the frank record came out she's um she's really one of the reasons why I started writing music in the first place. So I feel like I, I owe that kind of honor mm. to somebody that had such a profound effect on me growing up. 
and I oh, just adore her. She's she's incredible. And the Queen, that was a really last minute thing. We only did it at the we trialed it at the Dover show, and then we did it mm. full band at the Hare and Hounds. And I just love the record. I love Queen. I love Freddie. Anyways, performance wise, he's had a massive effect on me. He knew yeah. how to entertain an audience, and I love that effect he had, um, and how he grasped them in his hand. You know, um, and love of my life was. Um, it was a group suggestion, and I listened to it a lot, a lot, a lot. I thought, this is going to be really hard to play, you know, <laughs> for, mm. for the band, because it's very eclectic, you know. There's lots of jazz and blues and rock throughout the whole thing. And it just went down really well, and it fitted with the set in terms of yeah, yeah. storytelling. It fit right between yesterday and Let You Go. It was in right smack bang in the middle of that. So I thought, it's perfect. But I love to pay tribute to, uh, to the icons that inspired me, you know. Yeah, no, I agree, hundred percent, definitely. I'm just looking in the background there; I can see loads of records. I'm, I'm thinking <laughs> there's got to be some some quality records amongst those uh, that that collection. Oh, listen, my most prized possession in there is Miseducation of Lauren Hill. I love oh. that record. <laughs> <laughs> it's in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Prized possession. I love it. It's crazy because obviously you know um, you don't see many record collections and even record shops now. You know you don't really see any. You know you have to go to record fairs if you want to pick up. A, a decent sort of um, bit of vinyl but um, is that something you do in your spare time is it something that you you try and keep up as a hobby maybe? yeah yeah it's a passion I try and get as many records as I can every week like I've been traveling a lot the past week or two um, going to different parts of the country and little villages and stuff and they seem to be the places that have all these huge <laughs> vinyl yeah. shops the whole, I just get lost the in there for four hours the hoarders <laughs> right <laughs> So I just get lost in there for four hours and usually come out with at least five or ten gems that I've been searching for for years. But I'm a collector. I love yeah. collection. I've got yeah, everything yeah. of Whitney, everything of Michael Jackson, everything of Prince, <laughs> Barbara yeah, Streisand, yeah. Lauren Hill. It's it's everywhere. It's the, that's that's <laughs> cool, it. man. I know. Yeah, I'm with you. All those names you're flying out, I'm, I'm with you 100%. You know, I think they're yeah, all man. part of a generation, obviously before us to an extent. Um that has had a massive impact it's still to this day you know you speak to children now they probably still know about Michael Jackson or they know about Prince or they're you know maybe a bit old, younger than my kids but you know you speak to like you know 15 year old they'd know who Aretha Franklin is or mm. you know they, they know th- those kind of artists that not necessarily you would expect them to know about because you know that it wasn't their childhood it wasn't their timeline but um, I'm, I'm with you 100% you know I think they've, they've definitely left their mark not just in music, but in the world, you know, beyond music, which is interesting. Um, you know, you don't you don't really see that with artists these days where I'm trying to think of someone quickly off the top of my head. It just doesn't happen. You know, it doesn't happen where no, you... It doesn't. Maybe Amy, Amy was probably the last one, I think. Mm, I think so. I mean, if I ever have kids, my kids will listen to all of this, <laughs> plus everything else. There will no real music, do you know what I mean? They won't have a choice, will they? But it's, it's true. No, I think that's... I think that's the problem now that you kind of touched on it a little bit before that you don't really mess around with, you know, top 40 music or, you know, I looked at the, no, the no, charts no. the other day and I didn't know half the artists. I'll be honest. I didn't know. <laughs> I just didn't know who they were. Um, I think there was someone who was number one, never heard of them, never, I couldn't even tell you who they were, um, <laughs> which is a shame because, you know, I used to growing up as a kid, that was part of your Sunday. You know, you'd, you'd sit down yeah, and listen to top 40, you'd wait for number one to come on. Um, yeah. 
but it's changed now. I think times have changed. We've got streaming, you know, we've got Spotify, Apple, all that stuff, mm-hmm. SoundCloud and TikTok's a new thing. The kids are on TikTok and all that stuff. But <laughs> I love it. Oh, it's, it's crazy, <laughs> man. I was, I was, I was trying, I mean, I don't have a TikTok, but um, there was an artist that I'd, I'd seen on Twitter and she said she had 300,000 uh, TikToks streams. I'm not sure if it's the same thing, God. but she only made 19 pence off the TikTok, <gasps> which is mad. just crazy, which is why I'm trying to push everyone to Bandcamp and, and places like that and, you know, make sure that you get the best, you know, sign up for PRS, all that stuff as well. Um, you know, it's worth doing 100%. Oh, 100%. But, um, 100%. If you, if you know, at some point you have to put your business head on and realize that you want to do this as a career. So the money's got to come from somewhere. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's fun at the start. You know, it's fun and it's, it's a bit of a myth, you know, it's all the glamour and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But you get to the nitty gritty of stuff and it's like, where's the money coming from? So you, yeah, yeah. you find yourself trying to find ways, you know. I mean, we still don't get paid enough for streaming. I think that's mm. completely unfair. We always think that until they change it, but it'll get there, I think. Yeah, yeah, it'll get there definitely. with enough push and strive from, from artists and the public getting behind us for it. I think we'll get there at some point. Yeah, no, there needs to be a change, definitely, you know. And I think that's one reason why I stopped putting music out as well, because it was just, uh, I'd rather put out music somewhere where I can still get people listening to it and they can hear it. Mm-hmm. I'm not in it. I, I don't think I was ever really in it for. I wasn't in it for the right reasons, I think, as well. Um, mm. But yeah, definitely that the money side of it. Unless you know you're hitting five million streams every week, it's it's a hard, you know, it you know, studio time doesn't pay for itself. <laughs> yeah, it certainly to, does not. It's what I try and tell people all the time. You know, they, you know, they, I think they just think you know, studio time's just there. It's not, you know, you have to pay for, it. you have to pay for mastering, you have to pay for, like you just said, you know, your EPs um, at the mastering and sort of the post production point now as well so a lot of that costs money you know a lot of people don't realize that artwork visuals cost money so it's um so it's an expensive you, game to be 100 if you want it to professional standard it, it costs a lot of money it's a mm. lot of dollar <laughs> yeah yeah so people don't realize that somewhere though. they don't realize no. that at all um, this is why i think artists find themselves touring so much because that's where you get your real money from these days you know merchandise oh, etc um so you got artists that i know constantly on tour the whole year you know, it's 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 craft. It's work, and yeah. I don't think some people see it that way. But it is a lot of work. It's not always fun. <laughs> you know, no, no, it's not. And and that that's the side of it. Again, going back to the conversation that I had with um, with someone around mental health and music, that's mm. the side people don't really see. You know, they don't see you in the studio at three o'clock in the morning, or they don't see you, no. you know, getting a a train somewhere or driving somewhere at four o'clock in the morning to be somewhere for seven. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't see that side of it. They just see. Oh, he's got a new visual, or he's got a new art, um, a new album, or he's collaborating with someone. Oh, that's good, but they don't see all the. And this is where I think the you, you're, you're right. You know, this is where that live performance comes into it because that's where you get your not only your bread and butter, but you also get the um, sort of accolades. You know, the appreciation for what you actually do because they're the people that actually turn up to listen to your music. They pay the ticket to come and see you which is you know anyone can get 9.99 and get spotify or get a a 30 day trial (laughs) anyone can do that (laughs) right to actually turn up and listen to you live is is something that i think is is the best gratitude you know you can you can show to to an artist 100 percent. they're your foundation and your your hardcore fans you know you you know they're going to support you through the thick and the thicker so (laughs) yeah appreciate them as much as they appreciate you you know yeah, literally. I'm just just before we wrap up, because I know you said uh, you got a long list of people you'd love to collaborate with. 
just give me maybe your top three, if you can, off that list. It could be, it's, it's a tough one. We're going to, we're going to wrap it up soon, but I thought we'll end it on a high. Let, let's, let's go for the top three. For me, uh, Jesse Ware is probably the first one. I absolutely adore that one. Writing or singing or both, I would take it. Yeah. Um, I think Adele is on everybody's everybody's <laughs> list, isn't she? Really, hundred <laughs> percent. I put her on. I put her on number two. Um, number three. I say Rihanna this is where King. it gets a bit tricky. Yeah, I just say Rihanna King. She's independent and she's she's killing it. You know, she's yep. she's gaining that audience and rightfully so. She's got a beautiful voice. Yeah, very talented. Very very talented. Um, you mentioned obviously you got your EP. You got the collaboration EP coming out as well. You've got your song with uh, James Reedy coming out as well. Yes. Busy, busy guy. But what can we expect beyond? <laughs> I say, what can we expect? Like you just haven't given us two EPs and a single. <laughs> but but I'm assuming, obviously, you're going to want to try and get some tours in, in with that. Maybe some visuals, like you mentioned as well. You, you mentioned the visuals earlier. So is that is that what's in the pipeline? Live shows as well. Maybe live streams if we we end up in lockdown again. Is that? Oh, we probably will, won't we? Yeah, <laughs> we probably will. Um, yeah, so the next three months is focusing on marketing, promotion, visuals, all the all the kind of background stuff. We want to head out on tour in May, and then the collaboration EP will come out, and then I'll go over to the states in September. Fingers crossed um, to do a show in New York, which will be new territory. And yeah, I'm nervous, but I'm buzzing for it. You're gonna need a flight. double <laughs> shot of whiskey, a double shot of whiskey oh, before mate. you get on the stage. That's when the drinking comes back in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely um just let the listeners know where they can find you um on socials or the, the you know the streaming platforms where where you're at let them know yeah martin yates music across the board twitter facebook instagram spotify <laughs> nice and simple martin honestly it's been a pleasure as always um we're gonna have to do a part three because once the ep drops i'm gonna sit down we were meant to sit down weren't we and have a, a proper conversation mm. um which will be good to do you know whether that's in the studio environment or whatever, but yeah, we're going to sit down and dissect the EP properly. Um, have an in-depth conversation about that. I think that'd be really good, but appreciate you coming on, um, taking the time out of your day to, to do this as well. No, thanks for having me. It's been great. Yeah. And we, we look forward to middle of March EP coming out and obviously James <laughs> Reedy's uh, single and a collaborative EP as well. We're looking forward to all of that. Yes. So all the best for 2022. I'm sure we're going to speak before then as well. Um, we'll try and keep in contact. That's one thing I've got to do this year. I've got to keep better contacts with people. I'm, I'm such a sort of region message, respond in my head, but don't actually respond. I'm one of those. No, I so feel I, it. I'm yeah, so, and then it's like two weeks later. I'm like, oh shit, I didn't, I didn't respond. I better do it now. Or the person responds, <laughs> are you okay to respond to them? Yeah, yeah, I'll do it now. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I'm going to do that a lot more this year. I'm going to be proper like keep a tab of who's messaged me and message them straight back rather than mentally <laughs> message them. But, um, but yeah, no, Martin, honestly, thank you for coming on. Um, this has been Ear to the Streets, episode two. Thank you all for listening. Until next time, stay safe and let's hope Boris Johnson is out of parliament soon so we can have our <laughs> lives back to normal. Thank you all for listening.